Hello and you're tuning into Apa Kata Youth, a Hakam Youth podcast. Apa khabar, Belia? This podcast is brought to you by Hakam Youth, a space for conversations to help us youth navigate through the complexities of current issues in our tanah Tumpanya Daraku, Malaysia. Bila mana 23% kajian mendapati pemuda telah pun rasa muak dengan situasi politik yang ada pada waktu ini. Justru, Datuk Dr. Puat juga berpesan kepada Syed Sadiq, tidak ada beza politik tua atau politik muda. Yang beza ialah orang tua dan orang muda. Mereka tetap sama kalau perangai sama. Saya juga ingin melihat isu anak muda dalam kepimpinan negara. Saya ingin tanya kepada pihak kerajaan dan juga mereka di kerusi pembangkang, mengapa dahulu begitu banyak anak muda diberikan tempat untuk memimpin kerajaan tidak kira tidak kira dalam kabinet, di peringkat negeri ataupun dalam GLC. Persoalannya, kenapa wujudnya keberanian yang tinggi untuk kerajaan Malaysia lakukan perkara ini sekitar tahun 1970, 1980, 1990. Tetapi kini, tren itu dimatikan. Walhal di negara-negara lain, perkara ini berjaya diketengahkan. Hello Malaysians, my name is Joanna and today I'm here with Alina. On our first episode on Apakata Youth, we will be discussing on youths and politics. So, what about youths and politics? Why is it so important for us to be part of politics? Why is it so important for us to be aware of our political situation in Malaysia? As a youth myself, sometimes we tend to have all these questions. Why should we even bother with politics when we can just focus on our studies? You know, why should we voice out our opinions if at the end of the day, it's not like it's going to matter? Well, it is undeniable that, you know, this kind of questions that we have in our head is because of the older generation when they keep on looking down on us just because of you know, the things that we say whenever we try to express ourselves. And that is when the term boomer was created. Well, ladies and gentlemen, to our listeners out there, if you don't know what's boomer, well, boomer means a group of persons from the older generation ranging from the age of 56 to 74. Why did this term even exist in the first place? Well, it is because the older generation tend to criticize younger generations. And that is when um, the term boomer exists. You know, I understand that in today's society, whenever we try to express our opinions, let's say on political issues or any other sensitive matter, the older generations will tell us to keep our mouth shut, you know, because it would seem as if we don't know anything that is going on in Malaysia. But sometimes these criticisms, they don't actually mean anything. Like they would just use their age as a license to reject our views. Well, let's see, for example, YB Said Sadiq, he was called Chuchu in parliament and he is of the age 27 years old. A 27 years old, a respected person in Malaysia being called Chuchu in parliament. You know, it's these little things that makes us youths feel as if we are not empowered to make a difference. How are we supposed to bring a change to Malaysia if we are being criticized all the time? 
Whenever we try to be vocal about something, the older people seem to think of it as, you know, lack of respect. And it's not like we're not respecting them, but it's just we are trying to make more sense of the situation. There are also opinions where youths are seen as, you know, too immature in making decisions, that we are too idealistic somehow, and that the older generations have better views and stronger reasonings when it comes to making decisions. So how do we debunk these perceptions, these perceptions as to how the older generations seem to think of young people joining politics? Well, hi everyone, Elena here, a fellow youth. So thank you, Joanna, for giving us that rundown of how us youths are actually perceived in politics. And well, in answering your question of how we can debunk this perception, we need to understand the foundations of what has already been put into place for the youths and the encouragements that youths have already been seen to show interest in politics. And an example would be firstly, the voting age, which has been lowered to um, 18 come this July 2021. And we can see here that this was heavily pressured by a youth-led movement like Undi 18, which started from an online petition from youths. And in fact, during GE14, the Merdeka Centre actually reported that up to 81% of youth voters in the Klang Valley casted their ballots. We can even see during this period that Malaysian university students overseas who cooperated to get their votes back in time since a lot of them was abroad and they could not return their postal votes by the 5pm deadline. And here, the Malaysians who were flying back home from these areas even volunteered to meet these voters and brought back their votes as runners. And all of this was mainly organized on social media like Facebook pages, which were all set up in all sorts of places across the globe to communicate with our voters abroad. And what we can take from this is that youths have a more meaningful social media engagement because of how used they are to social media and how their social media platform is readily available in the palm of their hands, which they are very much well-versed to use it to their advantage. And youths have actually made significant impacts with what I just told you and with what is most second nature to them. And they're continuing to make such impacts. For example, we see the recent issue of the UM Association of New Youth Students getting arrested over recording the police and all that kind of stuff. We see many youth movements and NGOs joining hands to speak about this, releasing statements and making content on social media to help others understand issues easier in advocating for freedom of speech, all of which is done on social media to best accommodate everyone for, you know, the whole CMCO situation where we all can't be vocalizing our thoughts outside. And you see youth participation so much more on these platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you'll find things like infographics and even memes that are made to make important issues engaging because they relate in such a relatable manner by our youths and these 
all clearly shows from the amount of Malaysian research that's been conducted that youth political participation has always been focused on social media engagement and social media usage where it can be seen that youth are actually interested in politics and they are all doing this with what they know best, social media. That is a really great point, Alina. But, you know, research had already suggested that there is a declining trend of youth political participation in Malaysia. There is a survey that was um, conducted by Merdeka Center in Watan that shows 70% of youths are not interested in politics due to three solid reasons. First, trustworthiness. 66% of the youths find politicians not trustworthy. I mean, just look at the current political situation in Malaysia and how would the youths react to this? You know, youths are already having like their own negative feelings about Malaysia. And this is actually supported by a, a survey that was conducted by Oxford University that showed younger generations have a greater desire to move out from Malaysia. This then brings us back to our second point, where it's because they feel as if politicians don't really care about people's problems with all the projects and promises that, that are put on hold. Third, majority agrees that politics in its nature is too complicated to follow. Now, because politics is too complicated, they will put politics aside and they will try not to meddle in, in not to meddle in one even. So this then makes them uninterested in n- nation building. So they don't think of you know about improving the country around them. They just want to save themselves where they don't have to go through political dramas or getting their hopes and dreams crushed if the government makes a decision that is not beneficial to them. So this whole issue will then just influence the number of youths who are registered as voters. You know, Datuk Shabudin Yahaya had told Dewan Negara that one out of five Malaysians who are eligible to vote are not registered. So would you agree that Malaysian political scene is dominated by party politics rather than policies? Well, yeah, Joanna, this may be true to an extent. And I, I, I kind of agree with you. I guess we'd have to be more accepting to the general lens of things. For instance, look at what Said Sadiq's um, Muda political party is trying to do in bridging this gap, if I might say. Actually, political parties and parliament has been seeing an increase in the number of youths, like generally. And we can see, like, for example, as I said, uh, Muda it's a youth-driven agenda, and from their charter, this is what it said. It's, they're saying that they're committed to disrupting the status quo by forwarding a political norm that is new and innovative. And I think what we can say from that is that we are moving forward, and youths are interested, and youths are making changes. And with that being said, there are quite a few young MPs already in parliament. You have Yobi Yin, who is 35, you have Said Sadiq himself, uh, 26, and you have Prabhakaran, which is 22. I mean, we can say that there are youths that might find politics hard to understand all that, and this shows that there are youths that are lacking in our political scene, but overall, this is not just shown in 
complications of like so-called party politics per se, these are actual use that are seen in political parties, in parliament, in fact in parliament, that are actually seen to be making changes. And it's why we can say and debunk all these uh, mentalities that youth aren't interested in the first place. Yes, yes. I mean, I do agree, Alina. But, you know, we cannot deny that majority of the MPs are still, on average, much, much older than the youths that are in parliament. Now, according to Interparliamentary Union, we can see that the average age of Malaysian MPs is 55 and above. Of course, this makes the younger generation to think, how is it that I can be part of something that even people at my own age don't even want to take part in? Or how can this old parliament represent youths effectively? There's already a discrimination there in age as we can see it. And just recently, Malaysia was shocked with the whole you know, Viviona and poor internet connection issue in Pita Sabah. There is again another discrimination there where the voice of our own youths are not being heard until it goes viral and become, you know, the talk among, amongst our fellow Malaysians. If we were to relate it to the present, where COVID-19 had affected the lives of many young generations by jeopardizing their education due to poor internet connection in their area and any matters relating to it, it just makes us realize that there is lack of youth representation in parliament. Now, unfortunately, you know, reality is that only 0.9% of MPs in parliament are below the age of 30. It's not that, you know, several younger MPs can take by force against the glaring majority to fully be able to emphasize the importance of, uh, let's say, the priorities youths have to pay in order to, you know, get the older generation, the older MPs to pay attention Unfortunately, the reality is that there is only 0.9% of the MPs are below the age of 30. That just shows that, you know, we need more youth representation in parliament. Exactly. And that's why these are problems we can see are being addressed with more youth-led projects and NGOs that are coming up in various areas, be it on civil and political rights, um, poverty action, digital rights, like what you mentioned with Viviona there, uh, gender-based violence, and even children's rights. And for example, of an initiative, um, in July, an initiative called Parliament Digital was fueled by the dissatisfaction towards the government's decision not to hold virtual parliament, despite the urgency with COVID and everything. And around 200 young Malaysians represented actual constituencies, and they debated on topics involving the economy and our current education system, which are things that affect not just youth, but Malaysia as a whole. And surprisingly, Parliament Digital garnered over 1,500 applicants in like the first 24 hours itself, and over 600 total applications. This itself shows the degree of interest where these youths want to be involved. And the best part is the youths weren't alone. The initiative actually brought over 200,000 viewers. Put that into perspective. This alone should be what shows there is even an interest to listen to people who represent youth. So take this as an encouragement, I'd say. Let 
let this 200,000 audience be the benchmark of later debates to those interested in youth participation. Because clearly there is audience there, there are people. And it's not just that, there are just many youth-led initiatives and NGOs as a whole, such as Climate Action, Teach for Malaysia, Hunger Hurts, Undi 18, Spot Girl, and even Hakami <laughs> Hopefully, on another note, with all this being said, that this whole COVID-19 situation has actually had the silver lining to increase the political interest by our youth. What's unique about a public health emergency here is that everyone is personally affected all and surely in different ways that they're affected and to different degrees but we can say that it's easier for people to relate it's easier for people like used to make that direct link of what is affecting them with government special announcements or policies and new laws being implemented or being like broadcasted like every day every few days or so and everyone, be it the old uncle on the street or the primary school student, they all have to tune in and they are attentive to it because everyone is worried to the repercussions of something like, say, an MCO. And if there is bad governance on the policies, if, if, if there is bad laws on what's going to affect these people, everyone will feel it overall. That being said, we received several comments on our Hakam Youth social media, at Hakam Youth. So that's where our followers and listeners are free to share their opinions with us. And one of our followers said, The change that I like to see normalize are senior personnel in any organization to be open to our ideas and not undermining them. Treat us as equal although they have more experience. That's from one of our followers. And another one of our followers mentioned a Malaysia that treats everyone equally and respect them through rightful laws, truthful norms, and loving actions. So these are what our youth want to see in our policies. These are the things that are affecting them. And with that, if there are more understanding on political and legal issues in Malaysia, if there are more youth-led initiatives and NGOs, it shows that there's only a way up for the use of Malaysia and only more potential in better representation of youths in politics here. Well, we can totally see the engagement of youths in Parliament Digital and the number of viewers itself shows that they are you know, a group of young adults who are genuinely interested in politics. This then brings the question, are there youths who are pretending to be politically engaged but are actually only keyboard warriors? Well, being a youth myself, we often see keyboard warriors in Twitter, you know, sharing their opinions, giving suggestions as to what the government should and should not do. Well, if you're forever only commenting, retweeting, reposting stories, and, you know, unwilling to get out and become directly involved through volunteering, for example, well, would you describe that as a political engagement? Needless to say, you know, to get students to be involved in politics is another set of problems. University students may be uninvolved because you know, they are unaware that political involvement on campus is now allowed. That being said, we are lacking of youths, not only in parliament, but also in decision-making platforms, for example, uh, you know, the Undi 18. 
How come youth, on the other hand, you know, we receive numerous feedback on youth's involvements in politics on Twitter. And I quote, I can't wait for the day where our Dewan Rakyat will be filled with youths. And we should have a maximum age of 60, which then shows more young adults are wanted to be seated in parliament. So the next question that's absolutely pivotal that we address would be why is it so important that youths do engage in politics? Why do we need youths in our political scene here in Malaysia? And what we can say about that is that it's absolutely understandable that there are unique concerns that our youths have to face. And this needs to be represented among policymakers. Some concerns might include things like unemployment rates among youths and for example we have the ministry of higher education reporting that total unemployment among fresh graduates will add up to a whopping 116 over thousand people that's 75,000 more people due to covid and that's absolutely alarming we have low starting salaries for fresh graduates now where you have employers expecting more say internship roles instead and this is absolutely worrying in times like this where you have higher urban living costs. You know, this goes back to how urban poverty is being dealt with today. And another area that you might be more concerned with would be um, for university students especially. Now we're all having to take online classes while still paying the same amount of fees for tuition. How is this going to affect our education? How is this going to affect our economic hardship that we go through during these times? And we seem to have more youth concerned about things like climate change. For example, we have people like Greta Thunberg, who is a 17-year-old Swedish environmental activist. And she's gone out of her way to prove even to United Nations levels against governments on climate change. And we realize that youth seem to be more affected by these kind of issues and the decisions that governments make. Because we definitely know that this will affect our future. We can make that direct link. And that's why, who's to say that youths are not capable? On a global lens, we have so many youths in the political scene right now. We have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's 31 years old and a member of the US House of Representatives. We have people like the Prime Minister of Finland, um, Sana Marine, who is a 34-year-old woman. And that's that's amazing. We have a, a platform here. We can see that youths are definitely taking charge. And that's why youths engaging in politics is absolutely important because democracy works by getting the voices of everyone in the rakyat to the lawmakers in parliament through the representatives that we elect. So we as youths, if we want our concerns to be raised in parliament, we need to make sure that we elect the politicians that we feel can best represent us. And that's why it's absolutely pivotal that youths engage in politics. And if we look at places like Thailand or even Hong Kong, where the youths are recently having more protests against their government and in Thailand against their monarchy, it's Definitely something that we realize that youths 
are understanding the voice that they have in democracy. And even recently, um, in Perak, where we just recently allowed 18-year-olds to be part of elections and actually become candidates. And all of this will inevitably allow youths to be more active in politics as a whole. And it will definitely increase our youth participation in the future. So, I mean, what do you think, Joanna? Well, it is obvious, Alina, that there are unique concerns that the youths are facing. You know, and we often hear the phrase youth-driven as an agenda that is just being thrown around among youths who are engaged in politics whenever they try to describe what youths can bring to the table. The question here is, what does youth-driven agenda even mean? Now, from the way I see it, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty as to the meaning of youth-driven. For example, the political party MUDA says that it is committed to disrupting the status quo by forwarding a political norm that is new and innovative to ensure national governance is built on efficiency and integrity. But you see, political commentators have highlighted that there is still a lot, a lot, you know, that we don't know about Muda's stance on tough issues. But we are aware that there are a lot of tough issues in Malaysia. And these issues divides people. There are even issues that divides the youth. Now, for example, what are these issues? First, you know, whether we should have vernacular schools, whether we should be taught in BM or English, or what is the purpose of having a refugee or migration policy? Now, these issues have been circulating around Malaysia for, well, I don't know for how long now, but it is still an existing issue. But of course, you know, there are also issues that will affect the youths uniquely, which should be represented in politics. But youths who advocate a so-called youth-driven agenda seems to be suggesting that there's more that the youths can bring to the table. One risk of saying that, you know, youths have a comprehensive youth-driven is that the more dominating youths, especially, you know, the urban ones who are often leftists and liberal, may end up imposing their own views instead to a more conservative youths who may be less vocal. In a parliamentary democracy country, we need to also represent the minority views. So as youths, it might not be wise for us to push a youth-driven view on tough issues in our country and pretend that all youths are on board with us. It's basically saying, just because you are young, it doesn't mean that you should follow everything that the youths say on it. What about you, Alina? What do you think? Well, Joanna, that is a good point. And I think this is still so much uncertainty there. But one thing we can be quite sure of is that youths are more willing to break the status quo. We can we definitely see that. And, you know, we're fresh-faced and some would say maybe we're too idealistic. But maybe Malaysian politics just needs some of that. And as we mentioned earlier, Malaysia can't seem to shake off this race-based politics that we have because we're so tainted by our history of um, racial profiling. But even eight years ago, there was a survey by Asia Foundation in 2012 and it was a survey called Youth Factor Survey of Malaysian Youth Opinion. 
And this was um, what they found was that 71% of our youths said that they were open to choosing a political party that represents the interests of the people, regardless of race, regardless of religion, compared to parties that represent the interests of their own religious and ethnic groups. So what we can say from this is even eight years ago, people were not bound to their racial shackles anymore. We are no longer basing our decisions on race or religion. We are intentionally basing them on our values and our merits. Yes, yes, that that is a good point. But the question here is that can youths be trusted though? You know, they may want to change things, but policymaking is a lot more than just throwing away bad practices. If we were to look at how the youths in our country are acting towards politics, just, you know, read their views on Twitter. It shows that they are more inclined towards being a keyboard warrior than to voice out, you know, the actual truth of what the youths are suffering or what the youths are actually going through behind the scenes. Statistics have shown that in 2017, the then chairman of the Electoral Commission, Muhammad Hashim Abdullah, had said that two out of three of the 3.8 million unregistered voters are, are of the age 21 to 30. You know, with the recent Perak State Assembly Amendment to reduce the age of electoral candidate from 21 to 18, well, it does encourage more passionate youths to speak in a Dewan Negeri. But I guess the concern here is that if we were to compare the number of youths who have registered to vote and to open a position to youths from the age of 18 to be part of a state's decision-making, it is, it is really quite a bold move. You know, being a youth myself, we can see how the younger generations are not too inclined towards politics. You know, they are often chopped by the older generation as the TikTok generation and that, you know, we can minta suap in everything that we do. So how would we encourage the youths to join politics and to speak on our behalf if, you know, the older generation don't trust us enough to, to do all of these things, you know, like policy making? Well, I did mention this earlier, Joanna, and honestly, contrary to popular belief, the stats do speak for themselves. I mean, the surveys do show that youths actually understand the political situation we're in enough to contribute well to politics here in Malaysia. And the problem is just not ignorance and immaturity. It's not like that anymore. Those surveys showed that the people um, don't trust politicians and the political system itself. Youths just don't have the confidence in our political system. So they feel that even though they understand the politics, even though they understand the political landscape we're in, they're just not empowered to contribute anything to it since their views won't be entertained simply because they're just youths. And even if there are youths who are not ready for political engagement, as long as some youths do get involved politically, I mean, just getting involved politically, I think this will trickle down to more civic engagement among the youths. For example, we'll have people be more active in NGOs and they'll take more initiatives in social activities. 
even simply being a good citizen and doing their part for the community that's something good itself for example they contribute to helping the needs of their communities or more generally they just live a more conscious lifestyle like going zero waste or just being a considerate person who engages more with social and political matters wherever they are all these are small steps but nonetheless they are steps that will build our country further inevitably even if there are youths who are not politically informed you know they're still more likely to be more civic-minded and conscious of being a responsible citizen of Malaysia when they see that their own peers represents their own needs and their own views in the political scene and these people are their age so we don't have to necessarily aim for all youths to be engaged directly in politics right now but what we can say is that they will still be good and responsible citizens some people are just not ready for that kind of thing right now and at least what we can say now is they will be inspired by their peers with a better chance for many youths to be more engaged in the near future that being said we at hakam youth call for you to take action and practice what we call the three e's number one to educate number two to engage and number three to elect the most important of them all so number one educate yourselves you can get bite-sized social media updates on our social media at hakam youth on twitter facebook instagram and linkedin you can even subscribe to our newsletter suara mandiri for updates and by constantly updating yourself with what is going on in malaysia's political landscape through the news so educate yourselves be updated and take that initiative number two we want you to engage. Be brave to do your part in whatever way you think you are actually making a difference. Speak up and take action in social movements and initiatives as well as NGOs. Be active. Number three and the most important of them all, elect. At the end of the day, our voice and actions reflects in our votes. All this would be to waste if we don't elect the people we think should best represent us. So, register with SPR today. You can do so at the post office or Pajaba SPR or the most convenient way online. Just head to myspr.daftar.spr.gov.my, key in your details and there you go. You have done your part as the youth of Malaysia. There are plenty of NGOs and youth-led initiatives for you to get involved in, whatever your passion and interests. For this episode of Apakata Youth, Hakam Youth has partnered up with Hunger Hurts to give our listeners some insight of how you can engage more and take action with your local NGOs. Hey, I'm Sarah and I'm from Hunger Hurts. I hold the position of Marketing Director. Uh, Hunger Hurts is an NGO and also a social enterprise where we focus to help um, empower and provide lower income communities um, with skilled educational programs as well as um, groceries and masks. Our organization focuses on the three-prong method, which is basically to provide basic necessities. Secondly, um, to provide um, educational training to the underprivileged kids. And thirdly, to create um, awareness um, 
on poverty. Several programs are running um, under Hunger Hurts. So, and it's um, basically categorized um, into different parts. So we have the educational programs and this consists of our EduCamp, Development X program, and also our PPR tuition. However, these three programs that are run by us are currently um, put on hold because of COVID. Everything is put on hold until further notice. Um, apart from that, we also have um, our COVID response program. Um, I joined Hunger Hoods in 2018. Um, and yeah, I've been with the organization for two years. So uh, the opportunities offered by Hunger Hoods are, for example, we have volunteering, we have project-based volunteering, and also just um, the general volunteering programs. So for the usual um, volunteering, um, the volunteering is just a one-off thing where we would ask um, anyone who is available to go for distribution or go for interviews or um, just um, to set up probably like our uh, charity gigs and stuff like that. So for other opportunities, we also have um, internships, but this is pro bono work. So internships are basically like project volunteers. Um, they are attached with us for three months and uh, basically are involved with managerial stuff with the directors of any departments that they are attached to. Um, for now, those are the only opportunities that we have at the moment. But we're looking to expand our organization in which we need more people to join. Um, yeah. Thank you to our representative from Hunger Hurts for sharing how we can contribute more as youths. A big, big thank you to Ezra Awani, Media Rakyat, and Malaysia Gazette for the audio clips that was played at the beginning of this episode. And that's all the time that we have for today's episode of Apakata Youth. Be sure to tweet us at Hakam Youth on your thoughts of this episode and what you'd like to hear next in future episodes as we dive into other interesting topics and interview prominent figures should we have the chance. So see you then. Stay safe.